Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. There is a lot to talk about today from this week, and it's got a very strong flavor of liberty. And we're going to talk about that religious freedom during this legislative session tasted a lot like chicken, okay? But I'll get into the details on that. I want to start out the show by talking with an intern. If, if you're not familiar with Texas Values or the Texas Values Report, we talk about these issues of faith, family, and freedom as it relates to things in the state of Texas when it comes to the courts, the legislature, and the media. And one of the great things that we're able to do, not just during the summer, but primarily during the summer and throughout the year, is have some exceptional young people that are part of the work that we do. They're able to intern with us. They're able to get involved. They're able to see a variety of things that we do and get involved in a variety of ways on our issues of faith, family, and freedom. And so our intern this summer, one, and if you want, look, if you want to intern with some of the work that we do, there's an opportunity still to do that during the summer. But the intern that's working with us this summer so far is a young man from the University of Texas. Greg is our intern this summer. And look, I'll just let Greg introduce himself. Well, good morning, Jonathan. It's great to be with you today. Uh, as I said, I'm a junior at the University of Texas. It's great to be here. My major is government. And um, wow, it's great to be here and be the next generation fighting for family, faith, and freedom. Well, that's right. And look, you know, hey, y'all know I'm a University of Texas graduate, class of 98. We like to say the year of the Heisman. Yes, that was the last time we won the Heisman, but they don't just give them out to the same college every year. So it's still quite notable. And so, but Greg's been spending time with us. And look, that's an opportunity that, that we offer that people have, not just from the central Texas area, but anywhere across the state, if you're interested in doing some of the work that we do. And Greg, how did you hear about us? Well, interestingly, I was actually headed back to my apartment on the 670 on the, the University of Texas bus. And I was reading the Daily Texan on a pro-life issue. Now, the Daily Texan is is not the greatest supporter of Texas values. But in there, I was reading an article on pro-life issues and it mentioned Texas values. That's when I found out about y'all and that's when I became interested. Well, look, uh, I mean, we'll do media interviews as, as often as we can, but we know a lot of times folks at the Daily Texan aren't all that interested in our side of things. And so, but hey, as an alumnus, I try to give back to my university. And if that means offering, you know, the uh, alternate opinion or whatever it is, or if they want to use me as someone they want to beat up on to make a point on one of their issues, I'm not afraid to get my voice out there. And and look, I mean, I'm sure there, there are a lot of, you know, well-meaning folks at the Daily Texan, but it's great that we got that coverage. And that's just a reminder for us to try to continue to be involved in media at all levels. And now because of that, a big part of that, you came and worked with us. I know you did some work with Ted Cruz. You uh, grew up here in Texas, so we're glad to have you a part of the work that we do. So, uh, look, you know, we got friends that are watching on Facebook and also through the podcast and the show that, uh, as far as the radio station, they'll run it starting on Saturday and then it loops several times. But a lot of issues were happening at the Supreme Court this week, particularly with our friends from First Liberty Institute. And so I'm excited to have our guest today is Jeremy Dice. He is Deputy General Counsel for First Liberty Institute. He's got his law degree from West Virginia University. Jeremy, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hey, thanks for having me, Jonathan. Well, you know, I you guys have a lot going on this week, and it's good that you do. It's some really good news to report. 
uh, anytime we can get some advancements, victories, or things moving in a good direction on religious liberty, particularly at the U.S. Supreme Court, it is a great week. Two big issues that we saw come up, and there may have been a few things I missed, but there was a, a cake baker case that was out of uh, the Supreme Court dealing with a case that's been around for a while. This is the Sweet Cakes by Melissa case. That uh, there's a very important decision on that, and then there's also this huge case that got a ton of attention yesterday. I'm still, I'm sure, still reverberating today. The Bladensburg Cross case. Let's start with that case, Jeremy, and then let's end up talking about the sweet cakes by Melissa Cakes. What happened at the U.S. Supreme Court yesterday on the Bladensburg Cross case? Yeah, well, the uh, the Supreme Court handed down a what can only be described as a landmark victory for religious freedom. I mean, it, it's a it's a huge win that's been multiple years in the coming here. Now, look, this this involved a uh, nearly one hundred year old veterans memorial from World War One. Some some Gold Star mothers back in nineteen nineteen came up with a design for this memorial to mimic the gravestones of their sons' graves over in Europe, which was a cross, and so they decided to build that. The American Legion took over that project, and by 1925, it was the American Legion that erected that memorial outside of Washington, D.C., and there it stood without any problems since, uh, since then until a couple years ago when someone decided to finally be offended by its presence there. And so they sued, of course, uh, and uh, we, we've been on appeal now working through that for almost six or seven years now, representing the American Legion. And what the court did yesterday was basically say that the days of illegitimately weaponizing the Establishment Clause to attack religious symbols or religious language in public, those days are over now. And so I'm really glad to report that uh, we're, a, we're going to be able to have these kinds of memorials, these kinds of monuments, and even some of the, the historic longstanding practices that we've been engaged in with reference to religion in public uh, going into the future now. This memorial is safe and will be safe for another hundred years. Well, and I'm putting up a picture here of the cross case and also uh, a Fox News piece so people can see it. I got a little clumsy there with my computer. Sorry. Um, and so and so people know, they, watch, they listen to the radio show. We're also Facebook Live. As we're on Facebook Live streaming, we ask you to share this post. That way more people can continue to hear Jeremy's comments and hear some of the work that we're doing here at Texas Values. Jeremy, as my understanding, atheists were on the other side of this court case, if you will. They were the ones that wanted it taken down. If the Supreme Court had ruled against the American Legion in, you know, hundreds, thousands of veterans, would this case had to have uh, the cross had to have been torn down? Well, that's certainly what they wanted. In fact, they were advocating for the cross-shaped veterans memorial to be turned into a an obelisk. Take the horizontal arms off of it, it was suggested. Well, and I'm sorry, hold on a second. Be- Jer- Jeremy, I'm sorry. Are you telling me that they were going to take the the pieces of the cross in, in horizontal, left to right, to cut those pieces off and to have like one uh, shape vertical up and down? That's that's what they wanted to do. And that, that's what the danger was here. Is that wow. if this memorial was going to be either desecrated or destroyed, it would only be a matter of time, mere moments probably, before similar monuments like it in Arlington National Cemetery would have to be knocked down. Well, the the Tomb of the Unknowns with that famous inscription about a soldier whose remains there are known but to God, that would have to be sandblasted off the side of that, and so on and so forth. But it's just that type of effort to to eradicate any kind of religious uh, language, symbols, or practice within the public square that 
that's what our founding fathers wanted to guard against. And I think they would have, frankly, been appalled at this attempt to make the government hostile to our religious heritage, our history, our symbols. And thankfully, we can now look at this decision from the Supreme Court yesterday and, and have some rational thought brought back to the discussion that ends this attempted effort to to weaponize the Constitution. And, and I, frankly, every American now has more freedom than they've had in decades. We have a, a government that is no longer hostile or threateningly hostile to the people or their expressions of faith. And we can be confident that we can uh, have a display of a cross on public property without it somehow violating the Constitution. Well, I'm holding up a picture, too, of this Fox News piece. Kelly Shackelford, CEO of First Liberty Institute, put out an article from Fox News. He was on Fox News last night with Laura Ingram. Uh, Jeremy, this is not the only case of its kind. I mean, am I right? I mean, there have been cases for years where atheists and other individuals and entities have been bringing lawsuits to take down these war memorials that have crosses as a symbol. This is a landmark decision. Is it fair to say or expect, if you will now, that all of this other litigation, these court cases that are brought forward, are going to have a hard time having any victory, that we can have some sense that those other religious symbols, those crosses that are part of war memorials, should be safe? Yes, absolutely. In fact, Justice uh, Alito, who wrote the opinion in this case, he said at the very end of one of the sections of his opinion, he said that, uh, these kinds of longstanding monuments and memorials and historic practices, things like that, they, are, they now bear a presumption of constitutionality. That, that is some strong and very bold language for the Supreme Court to put in place. But I want you to understand just how long it has taken for us to get here. Not only have we been battling a very bad precedent since the 1970s that really upended the way that we understood the Establishment Clause from our founding, but in, uh, I don't know, for the last 15 or 20 years, we've been working with groups like the American Legion and the Veterans of Foreign Wars to defend veterans' memorials all over the country. I can think of the Mojave Desert Cross, where we worked with Ted Cruz to make sure that that All right. We had a tough moment on our connection with Jeremy Dice. We're talking with Jeremy Dice. He is the Deputy General Counsel at First Liberty Institute. First Liberty Institute is representing the American Legion in this War Memorial Cross case and has been doing just an incredible amount of legal work to defend this case. This is the landmark U.S. Supreme Court decision that came down yesterday, and Jeremy was talking about some of the history of these cross cases. They've been going on for quite a while. As a matter of fact, he was starting to talk about the Mojave Desert cross case. I was thinking about that this morning. I remember the uh, the messaging on that, don't tear me down. And a lot of people think that's an exaggeration. Oh, this, they were going to tear the cross down. They put... Uh, plywood boxes over it at one point. Jeremy, are you back on with us? I, I hope so. I, I didn't even move. I no, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, um, I was thinking about the Mojave Desert Cross case this morning and the Don't Tear Me Down messaging. Uh, is that the one? I'm trying to remember if this is the one where the court ordered that they put plywood over it? Yeah. Well, that was after they put a big bag around it and, oh, and had to padlock it at the bottom. So, yeah, they've had to do both of those things. Yeah, so, I mean, look, we've been working with the, the Veterans of Foreign Wars, the American Legion, for years to get to this point. And, look, if you're a veteran, if you're one of those war heroes that has defended these memorials or has defended our country to have these memorials, mission accomplished. This, the war against these monuments and memorials is now over, and the American Legion and the VFW won. Well, good for you. Look, I I have to, anytime Kelly does something great, I can't help but say how honored I am to have worked for him, worked under him, uh, for to call him a mentor. 
You know, and that's one of the you know big reasons why Kelly Shackelford's a board member of Texas Values because of such an important place that he holds when it comes to the areas of religious liberty. Uh, It's hard to find anyone finer than him, and particularly uh, from the state of Texas, that has done the amount of work, that has built the team up, your team. I want to send people to the website. FirstLiberty.org is the website. There's a piece on Fox News I've been holding up on our Facebook uh, live here so people can see this on Fox News. Kelly Shackelford put out a piece. He was on Laura Ingram yesterday. Jeremy, I'm sure you've been on your share of interviews as well. And this has been going on for a, a long time. Even when I was there, when I used to work with First Liberty, I had a hand in a few pieces of some of these cases. And But that's just a, you know, a reminder of, of how long they've been around. But they've not been around as long as these war memorials have. And that's just more of the reason why they continue to have a strong place in our society and now a strong place in constitutional uh, precedent. Let's talk about the Sweet Cakes by Melissa case before we lose you, though. We're talking with Jeremy Dice, Deputy General Counsel for First Liberty. That case is not over, but a very important step was accomplished in that case this week. Uh, Talk to our listeners a little bit about that issue and what's happening next. Well, look, the Supreme Court tossed out a very dangerous lower court decision that that, uh, that, that, that penalized Aaron and Melissa Klein $135,000. Now, that penalty is still in limbo, but the, the decision that basically found them to be a, a, a in violation of discrimination and all that has been removed. It's as if it doesn't even exist anymore. But what the court has done is to say, go back now and, and do this case again, but uh, do it this time by applying Masterpiece Cake Shop, which is the case from last year with Jack Phillips, of course, and so I think what the court is trying to say is that, look, we've got to begin to have basic fairness and neutrality when it comes to these issues. Before you can, before you can impose these huge, onerous penalties upon people for exercising their beliefs in public, before you, you can call them, uh, tell them that they've violated the law and discrimination, all these things, you can't prejudge the case. You can't come out and say that, uh, you know, Aaron and Melissa need rehabilitation for exercising their religious beliefs. You can't mock them on Facebook. You can't impose an, an incredibly over-lopsided uh, de facto discrimination kind of a, a penalty on them and all these other things. That, that's just unfair to have this kind of kangaroo report that's being assembled on these matters. And on top of that, you, you can't be hostile to their religious beliefs. I mean, they call Jack a Nazi. They've, they've, uh, they've, uh, they've gone after Aaron and Melissa Klein with a gag order. They say they can't even talk about their religious beliefs on this situation in public anymore. That was uh, back in the beginning. So, I mean, the, the, to, to what the Supreme Court has done this week is enormous. It says, look, we need to be having basic fairness when it comes to these issues, and the government cannot be hostile to the religious beliefs of, of these individual citizens as well. So we're thrilled to go back to the Oregon Court of Appeals to make this case again and to demonstrate just how badly the state of Oregon acted in this situation. Well, and it's important for people to understand. We're talking with Jeremy Dice, General Counsel, excuse me, Deputy General Counsel for First Liberty Institute, the nonprofit organization that's representing uh, Aaron and Melissa Klein on this very important constitutional case. It's very important for people to understand here. This case is out of Oregon. The Jack Phillips case was out of Colorado. But when you have a decision at the Supreme Court, it certainly can set the stage for how these things should be handled across the country. And very important, too. For people to understand, and this is my understanding when it comes to this case, is that, you know, this is not about people being served. This is about the government 
forcing these private businesses to have to support a particular message or be a part of an important ceremony. Many of them, they serve anyone. They just don't want to use their services in a way that they feel is concerning, objectionable, or goes against their religious beliefs. And there's a lot of constitutional protection there on that intersection. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that's what's got to be left to be sorted out later on by the court. And in fact, they've got to address that issue, the merits, so to speak, later on. But I think what they're, they're basically saying right now is, look, we've got to stop the bleeding. There are way too many councils, there are way too many commissions and civil rights groups, civil rights commissions, I mean, by the state-employed ones, that are just simply going uh, out of their way yes. to be uh, uh, hostile to the religious beliefs of individual citizens. They are being unfair in the process towards them. And until that stops, the court really cannot address the actual problem. And so I think it's a matter right now of triage to say, look, go back and fix the problem here, stop the bleeding. And when that's done, then we can pull together and, and, and say, we'll look at the merits and figure out how these two are going to intersect in the future. So, I, look, I'd like them to address that merit question right now. I thought Aaron Melissa's case was perfect for it. But I'm happy to go back and stop the bleeding and come back later on to make sure that all Americans have the right to run their business without being afraid that because they operate according to their beliefs, they're going to be running out of town. Well, you're absolutely right. And that's the bigger problem here is that the government, many governments now think it's okay to punish people because of their religious faith. It's okay for them to go into the private sphere of someone private, someone's private business and start punishing them for their sincerely held beliefs. And then the name calling, as you mentioned, and I've had to deal with this sometimes at myself at the Texas Capitol, where people will engage in this name calling. They now think it's open season on Christians just because the Supreme Court made a ruling on people's own private decisions about who they decide to love and the role that the government plays on that issue. And so but a huge development here, you know, we worked on legislation to deal with this at the state level because we think there's got to be some type of check on the government. And some people think that not only has marriage been defi- redefined, but that the religious liberty in the First Amendment has been redefined. And last time I checked, all these tremendous Supreme Court precedents on religious liberty, on limitations on the government, have not been thrown out. Uh, Jeremy, look, you guys are doing great work. The website is firstliberty.org. People need to know, even though y'all do work around the state, y'all are based here in Texas. I was driving through that area, as a matter of fact, uh, earlier this week, and so it gives us tremendous joy and pride, if you will, and we're excited about what you do. Glad to call you a friend and just want to be, want you to know we're praying for you and we continue to want to be in, an encouragement to y'all as you do the great work for religious liberty that you're doing. Well, happy to do it. Thanks so much for letting us be on the show here today. And I hope folks will follow this and other cases at firstliberty.org. All right. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate you. Thanks. Bye. So, Jeremy Dice, there, Deputy General Counsel for First Liberty. Look, I, I'm incredibly honored to have the relationship I have with Kelly Shackelford, the head of First Liberty. He is a board member of Texas Values. He's a founding board member of Texas Values. He helped us start this organization because he knew some of the biggest battles are going to happen in Texas at the legislature, the courts, and in the media. That's what we do. Our friends at First Liberty, they work on cases all across the country. But I tell you what, the court cases they, they work on help us fight some of these battles at the local level as well. And they understand that connection and that interplay. Look, I want y'all to know something. 
We just finished up work at the Texas legislature on some important religious liberty issues. You probably know a little bit about the Chick-fil-A issue. You know that the government in San Antonio voted to ban Chick-fil-A from having a store at the airport. Uh, Very similar to what happened in these cake baker cases, right? The government basically told them you're going to be fined if you um, don't bake cakes a certain way with a certain message that go against your beliefs. And they essentially ran them out of business. I mean, the Sweet Cakes by Melissa, they ended up pulling back, as I understand, uh, having an operating store on these issues because of the fines and the and the, the government punishment that they were up against. So have other businesses. Now, Chick-fil-A's got a bigger market space, so it's hard to take them out and, you know, to really punish them and put them out of business by one action by the government. But it happens piece by piece. Okay, let's not, you know, forget that an average Chick-fil-A store is four million dollars of revenue a year. That was essentially taken away from Chick-fil-A in San Antonio by them being voted against. They were going in the San Antonio airport. Okay, they had a vendor recommendation from the city and then that got removed. So but now we've got the Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Bill. And it's not just about Chick-fil-A. If And look, for a group like Sweet Cakes by Melissa, other cake bakers, if they have to have a government contract, if they have to have a license in any way to operate their store, this new law protects a whole host of business. It also protects you if you give donations. Okay, if you give donations to a religious organization, because that was the reason why Chick-fil-A got banned from San Antonio, because the city council targeted donations that they made to charitable organizations like Salvation Army and Fellowship of Christian Athletes. The reason I'm reminding you this, and not only that, but two very important pro-life bills, the Born Alive Infant Protection Act and the Taxpayer Protection Bill, Senate Bill 22, we were a major part of passing. And I'll tell you, on the Safe Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Bill, we without question led that effort. We were the ones that got the language together. We were the ones that put together the messaging, the grassroots support, a whole host of things. Don't get me wrong. There were a lot of our friends helping with this, but everybody would agree we led this effort in all aspects. Okay. And so, and, and I'm not saying that to try to celebrate what we do or try to say we're better than someone. I'm saying that so you understand the role that we play and then you realize the value of making a donation. We're up against um, our fundraising deadline, which is the end of this month, June 30th. Our budget cycle goes July 1 to June 30th. I want you to make a donation right now. If you're watching us on Facebook, if you're listening on the radio broadcast or podcast, go to our website, txvalues.org. Call our office, 512-478-2220, 512-478-2220. Make a tax-deductible donation today. That's the only way that we're able to continue to do the work that we do. We now have a team of 10 people, okay? Yes, we do have to pay people to do our work. It's not because they don't believe in what we do, because you have to have someone in a full-time position, many people in a full-time position, just like you have to have lawyers like Kelly Shackelford and Jeremy Dice that work on those issues day in and day out. That's the level of professionalism and sophistication that we have to bring to the table on these type of issues. TXValues.org is the website. That's where you can make the donations today. We've been working on these issues. We've also been traveling around the state. So now the legislative session ends. What are we up to? We're making sure people know what happened. We're making sure they know what laws pass and how to use them. We did an event yesterday in Houston. We've been to San Antonio, Fort Worth, Dallas. We're going to be in other parts of the state as well. We're going to be having an open house at our office, excuse me, uh, this next Friday. The, uh, Last Friday of the month, we typically do an open house. So we're at 900 Congress. That's on Friday. 
June 28th, and the rumor is we're likely to be serving Chick-fil-A. How about that? Okay. At some point, we might be serving a different type of food. But we it's a part of us educating people on what happened during the legislative session. As a matter of fact, if you go to our advocacy website, txvaluesaction.org, txvaluesaction.org, you can see some details on the uh, – in the, the details we put out on the legislative session, really a, a full wrap-up. As a matter of fact, later today, we're going to put a, be putting out a more detailed piece, like five or six pages, okay, because it was a lot to unpack from the legislative session. And the first round that we put out was about a week or two or three days after the session ended. So I wanted to, people to get some sense of what happened, but then provide more detail this week. And look, that the the issues of religious liberty, the issues, I mean, look, the the Cake Baker case, Sweet Cakes by Melissa. The heart of it is people's views on marriage and sexuality. Some people don't want you to have the same freedom that they have. Okay, They want the government to punish you. They want you put out of business. They, pro- I mean, there were some laws that were proposed during the session that have put you in jail. Okay, I'm not exaggerating. They want people to pay. They want people to be punished on these issues. They want no one to be able to believe this. And if they want you to be afraid to tell people that you believe it, to make you, you know, really just um, to become this sense that you would never even breathe or utter these words or let people uh, think that you believe a certain way. That's how hostile it's become. The Supreme Court has not acknowledged that uh, viewpoint. And, And as a matter of fact, even Kennedy said that that would be out of step for the government to start punishing people because of their religious beliefs on issues of marriage. Uh, and then I will also include issues of sexuality. But go to txvalues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today. Uh, this is not an exaggeration. We still have thousands of dollars left to raise to meet our budget shortfall by the end of June. We get involved in these issues when we have to. We don't look at the account and say, well, is the money there? Can we do this? We go out on faith. And we believe you're going to be there to back us up later when we've got a little bit more time to let you know what our needs are. And so that's where we are now. Okay, that is this week. We have got to raise about $100,000 before the end of June. It's no exaggeration. But if you go to our website, you'll see the value of the work we do. This is one of the best return on investments. Texas needs us. Okay, I'm not ashamed or I'm not shy about admitting that. And But we need you right now. So go to txvalues.org. And watch for updates and listen to us next week on the Texas Values Report.